Hey guys, what is up? We're uh, trying something new uh, on the Don't Write Back Show channel. We're going to try to do some more small format, like kind of like a mini podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, probably in duos, just different couple of us every time. Yeah. Uh, tonight, it's me and Mike. We're going to do some music stuff because that's what we're passionate about yeah we just got done jamming a a set list and yep now we're gonna give you guys our uh top songs that we've had for the last uh three years yeah yeah let's start back around like 2019 and and work our way through 2021 we were trying to go through um his Amazon list and then my my Spotify, so I looked up top songs and we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of them. So. Yeah, we'll break them down. Um, before we do that, Doug, what's been up, man? You know, I've let my life consist of WWE 2K22 <laughs> and. Uh, work and that's about all i've done here lately uh we have an event coming up in the near future um with a band and they got some announcements that they're gonna make and stuff but other than that man i've just been chilling what about you uh for me uh, not a whole lot just working uh got over covid recently um that was a struggle but uh Going back to your music stuff real quick, y'all did a uh, unplugged acoustic set not too long ago. Yep. How, how did that go? You know, that was probably the most fun show I've had, just mostly because I play guitar. Right. And I just love playing guitar. And we both know deep down I'm like an acoustic rhythm guitar guy like exactly yeah it's just in my soul it's that it's that uh church dna that was in there you were you know born to be a youth pastor but you kind of turned turned emo (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's that's that emo church vibe that i just will never get away from right Uh, i love playing electric guitar i love fast intense yes stuff but just I'm a very chill dude, and I like my chill acoustic rhythm guitar stuff. You know, what's funny is, I'm sorry to get off topic, but uh, no, you're good. the other day I was on uh, Facebook looking at the reels, Yeah. and there's this one guy who I follow who posts a lot of like guitar-related stuff as far as, uh, I don't know, just different uh, chord progressions and stuff like that. Yeah. And he posted this one, and he in, he titled it uh, "Church Church Chord Progressions" and stuff like that. <laughs> and I looked at it, and it's like all the songs that I write use that progression. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it's it's like the basic chord progression. Yeah, like one four five one, and then you throw in that minor sixth, and yeah, I um, I try to get away from that, but I I mean that's just pop music is the same like they right it's just the most basic common progression that everybody likes to use right so so when, when you do the uh acoustic set like 
does it feel like it takes away from the energy of it all or does it still feel like for your band does it still feel pretty energetic because you guys are such so everything's so fast band? yeah I'll tell you, um, we we didn't really sacrifice much tempo, so it's still pushed pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I I felt like we were still pretty intense for even for an acoustic show. Oh yeah. Um, which we we had uh Jameson ended up playing cajon for the night. Did he really? Yeah. He he brought shakers and uh, tambourine. And then he ended up playing the cajon, and Nick, who was supposed to play the cajon, just sat in front and sang and had a shaker every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, really, like, just the way I, when I play, like, emo acoustic guitar, I like to do the fast strum stuff, so. Yeah. We still had a lot of energy, because I, would, like, double time my strums instead of playing slower. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you got to play guitar because, you know, deep down, we all know Doug is a guitar player. Yep. I may not be, like, top level lead player, which is fine. I've never tried to be, but mm-hmm. guitar is just always, it's always felt right. It's all I've ever wanted to do as far as music goes. Right. So it's been a it was a very fun experience, and I think it's opened up some some new avenues, at least for some more local shows, where we're going to do some more acoustic sets. Everybody really had fun with it, so... That's awesome. And um, now we just got to convince Nick that if we have a drummer to play cajon for those, cool. Mm-hmm. If not, like, two acoustic guitars. I, I said, uh, I told Daniel, I was like, Bro, me and you have been playing together off and on for 15, 20 years. Like, since high school, we've played guitar together, we've played in band together, we know how to keep tempo. I was like, we don't even need a, a like drummer for acoustic shows if we don't have to have one. Right. Like, if he doesn't want to do it, we don't. He can just sing and we can just play two guitars and it's fine. Right. Like, we do it all the time. It's great. Yeah. So. <laughs> Plenty of uh, chemistry. Yeah, you just gotta, just gotta convince everybody that things will work, and then they it tend to work. So. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. So, <coughs> sorry. Um, we uh, like we said at the beginning of this, we went back and uh, we kind of found the uh, list from 2019, 2020, and 2021. Yes. Of our uh, top songs from that those years, which we'll we'll do one about you know this year, but we'll we'll do more of a what's your favorite songs right now. We'll yeah, do that yeah. at a later point. Um, but we're just gonna go through the top five of like each year, kind of break it down, and uh, you know try try to remember why we listen to some of those because there's some questionable ones in mine. Are there? For sure. <laughs> For sure. Like, I, I one didn't make the top five, but I had a Celine Dion. It's like <laughs> number six in like 2019. <laughs> Maybe it was off the back of the Deadpool movie. <laughs> it could have been. It, it very well could have been. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, starting out in uh, 2019, 
I'll start with uh, my number five, and we'll work our way up. I'll do five, and you do your number five. Okay. So, like I said, my number six, though, in that year was That's the Way It Is by Celine <laughs> <But> my number <laughs> My number five track for 2019 was uh, Hey Diane by Bowling for Soup. Mm-hmm. Love that Drunk track. Dynasty. Yeah. That's a good um, song. At the at the time, I was friends with this woman that I worked with mm-hmm. uh, at my old job, and that song it, it kind of reminded me of the relationship we had. Yeah. So I think maybe that's why that song kind of got a lot of play for me, mm-hmm. because just that that personal relationship we had reminded me so much of it. Right. That's sometimes the best songs are. I mean, that really, that is the whole point. Like, because you relate to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, there will be some where you're just obsessed with like the people that are writing the songs, but mm-hmm. most of my favorite bands have been because they've at least written one or two things that just yeah. spoke to what I was going through, and that's what I want to do for other people. Right. So. Uh, my number five so people are going to learn something about me <laughs> that i i have ocd oh yeah for, for those that don't know and it like pretty sure all you guys know that you and boomer and eli like i do it with food where i have to eat like if i get a burger and tots and a drink i'll drink my drink until the food gets here and then i won't touch it until i'm done yeah and i'll eat my tots first and then my burger last yeah and then drink my drink i've noticed this at uh, my place yeah that's the biggest time i do it but (laughs) i do it a lot um if i get like fried pickles and and boneless wings at b-dubs i'll eat the pickles first in their entirety and then i'll eat my wings (laughs) it's just i'm always like food's been the worst but i i kind of do it with um video games Oh. I will play if I'm if I'm in the mood to play something. I will play it until I'm done. Yeah, and then I will move on. You so gotta, if I don't you gotta hit all the little side yeah. missions and. And it's like, um, like me and Boomer, as an example, there's an indie game that came out this year called Stray. It's mm-hmm. like you run around with a little cat, and you you know, like just it's like a puzzle game, right. basically. But you're a cat. And he was all excited, and he, he got it, and so I got it. We started playing at the same time. He still hasn't beaten that game. I beat it in five hours. <laughs> I started it that morning, and I played it until it was done. And I just, like, Assassin's Creed, if I start playing Assassin's Creed, I won't stop. I won't play anything else. Like, the only thing I will do is, like, a sports game because you can just pick up, play a round or two, and then go back to – but if it's story-driven, I have to just play one. Right. I can't. Boomer will jump between like four different ones. I was gonna say, do you think Boomer's like almost ADD or ADHD? Yes. Like has something. I tell him that all the time because of his fidgeting. (laughs) But um, yeah, and then I'm just very OCD, obsessive compulsive, and I have to like, I like to do things in order. I like routine. I I can break it sometimes, but music's the same way. Right. We listen to a lot of the same stuff. Apparently, 2019, I was obsessed with a particular artist. <laughs> Would you like to guess who? 
I think I know. Is he a popular YouTuber? No. That's not that year? Okay. Not that year. That's <laughs> another year. That one will make the list, too. Um, They're a band. It's a full band. They are a rock band. Like, alternative rock. Was, was this the Foo Fighter year? Yes. This was the year of the This Foo is the Fighter. Foo Fighter year. <laughs> so, number five, all that to say this, number five was The Sky is a Neighborhood by the Foo Fighters. And it's off their Concrete and Gold album, which... Didn't get a whole lot of love, I don't think, but one thing about about Dave is that man just, he writes hits after oh, yeah. hit after hit. I'm envious of uh, that man's talent as far as writing music and just, you know, his knowledge of, you know, what's going to sound great. Yeah, it frustrates me to no end because he also... I've heard him explain how he looks at a guitar. Yeah. And it makes zero sense. Right. And yet he just freaking kills it all the time. I was like, <laughs> I can't play as good as you. And I understand how the guitar works. And you're like, this is a drum set to me. You know, I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> so, um, I'm sucks that he lost his friend with, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana ended, but right. Foo Fighters to me is a much better band than Nirvana ever would have been. That's yeah. a that's a spicy take. A lot of people don't like that you take, know, but I, I understand that 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 could be a hot issue with some people. But for me, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, I've never been a big Nirvana guy, like. Granted, when I was in elementary school, I listened to uh, the Nevermind album a yeah. lot. Yeah. But that was like my taste was forming because I'd only ever listened to what my dad listened to. Same. And that was me kind of branching out into different areas before I found what I like now. Yeah. Yeah, mine was very much um, listen to what dad listened to, which was classic rock, 70s, right. 80s. And. Uh, I think it was seven or eight when I was allowed to, to pick what I wanted to listen to. And I just went as far away from it as I could. Mm-hmm. And I ended up with like NSYNC and Britney Spears yeah. and pop music. We, we had those years. I had those years yeah. as well. Like the Britney Spears CD that you left in my car for the longest time. Yep. I had that same CD. So that was, that was, what was great. I went, I went from there to like, church music yeah i did i had a rap phase because everybody had a rap phase oh yeah and then i went to like christian rock and then i went back to classic rock and then i fell into pop punk yeah so, so it's the best genre in my opinion but I, so you'll get no arguments from me <laughs> so this this it, it's amazing this is actually a foo fighter song i've never heard really yeah so what is there something special with this song, or was there anything special, or was it just a badass song? It was just a badass song. Honestly, I had a like playlist of Foo Fighters songs. There was like fifty songs. It was like five or six of their albums, you know. Yeah. And I just would listen to that playlist on repeat. Like, oh, yeah. if I was at home doing something, I had it on. If I was in the car, that's what I was listening to. Anytime my now ex wife let me 
pick the music. I was, <laughs> I was listening to that. And it's because she also liked the Foo Fighters, and she got tired of. It was all just the, some common ground. She got tired of all the pop punk stuff, so yeah. I was like, that was my compromise. And then I got overly obsessed with him. So. And I mean, I don't blame you because I do. I like the Foo Fighters a lot. I mean, they're not one of my top top bands, but if they come on the radio or on my playlist, I'm likely not going to change it. Yeah. I mean, I I do have the the ink, so I got the the Foo yeah. Fighters tat. Uh, all right, so number four. Number four. Okay, in 2019, uh, my number four song was uh, "Until I Met You" by Mist from the uh, Broken Down Two, yeah, Broken Down Two album. Now, at this time. I was kind of going through some stuff with, you know, a girl, mm-hmm. and uh, things kind of went, you know, south, so to speak, and uh, it was kind of like a depressed emo type phase, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of messed uh, acoustic, you know, broken down stuff is. Yep, it's really depressing music, but I still love it. Like, you know, they said there was a study that said. Um, depressing music actually makes you feel better and everybody thinks that that's stupid and impossible and i'm just like honestly like it makes so much sense to me because if you're sad and you hear a song about somebody else who's sad because they went through the same thing you're going through Mm -hmm. it makes you feel better because you relate to them you're like yeah they got through it i can get through it you know exactly it's kind of like a we're kind of going through the same thing and you're going to come out the other side kind of it's like i'm in a good place now and i'm super happy and i like have the best relationship i could ever ask for but i still love depressing sad music oh that's always it's part of my life that will always be a staple because like no matter how good things are you can listen to your your playlist and have stuff shuffled in, mm-hmm. and there'll always be a sad song, and you're like, "Yeah, that's." It just hits different. Yeah, it hits different. It it just it also like reminds me of all the stuff I've been through and where I'm at now. It makes me appreciate my position now a lot more. Yeah. Than just listening to happy, fun, bubblegum pop stuff all the time or whatever. Right. So. So, um, what, what's your number four? <laughs> My number four. Is it another... Uh... Yes, it, it's uh, Long Road to Ruin by the Foo Fighters off the Echo, Silence, uh, whatever the other two words were off of that album. <laughs> um, you know what's funny, though, is I'm, I'm going to... I guess I'll save it for after my number one, but my actual all-time favorite Foo Fighters song was not one of the top five. Really? And I don't want to see how, because I listen to it more than, I mean, I listen to it all the time. It was my all-time favorite. It was the most pop-punk Foo Fighters song they ever wrote. Are we saving this to break down for later? Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll say it after my number one, but I bet you probably know which one it is. It, okay. I was going to say, because that one, the one that you just named there, mm-hmm. yet again, another one I haven't heard of. So it's really? like, you go, it, I don't know if they're deep cuts. But I'm not well versed in Foo Fighters yeah, discography. I'm just, like top forty guy, you know what yeah. I mean? So, I would 
I would hazard to guess that this one is a top 40 hit. Oh, is it? It doesn't get as much love. It's not... It didn't get as much commercial love as, like, Everlong. Mm-hmm. Or any of, like, the... Or My Hero, but... Yeah. Which also, neither of those made my top five. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, whenever I listen to Foo Fighters, it's like My Hero, Monkey Wrench, you Monkey know, that. Wrench. That didn't make my top five. I love Monkey Wrench. We actually do a cover of Monkey Wrench, and it's freaking awesome. I love that song. That's awesome. So much. It's a, it's a great tune. Yep. So, uh, you want to move on to number three? What's your number three? My number three in 2019... And I don't know how this ended up as my number three song. I, I like it, but like I, I don't ever seek this song out. It's High School Never Ends from Bowling Pursuit from the Great Burrito Extortion Case. Fair enough. And I like that song. I imagine it just got shuffled in a lot and I would just never turn it. Yeah. But it, it's not a song that I actively seek out because when I listen to Bowling Pursuit songs, I'm more of a deep cut guy than you know, the top 40 mm-hmm. hits guy when it comes to them. Cause I think a lot of their better songs are some of the unknown. Yeah. Uh, I would have to agree with that really. Um, I'm more of a like first two successful albums kind of guy. Yeah. I know that's not their first album, but, um, that, that drunk was enough their... to dance and sorry for partying. I think yeah. it's the two. So and I I like a lot of their newer stuff, but it's more like I'll listen to those two albums in their entirety. Yeah. Except for 1985, I skip that one a lot. I do too because it's so oversaturated nowadays. Yeah. You hear it like people doing now, uh, if, parodies and stuff of if it. If SR71's version hits my playlist, yeah. I leave it. Yeah. Just Same because thing. I haven't heard it a million times. Yeah, and um, I'm surprised. I don't think SR71 made any of my lists, but. I love that. They're band. very <laughs> underrated band. Yes. Mosquito is one of my favorite yeah, freaking songs. Great song. I never think about it and like it just it pops up and like, oh man, I love the live version of it. It's so good. Yeah. Um yeah, high school never ends, like I still it holds a special place for me because it reminds me of like where our friendship started. Yeah. Back when I was dating Robin and like uh I told her car. And I know, like, for whatever reason, I had to borrow your truck to take her to work a couple times that summer. Uh, and, like, I just remember listening to that and Emily and um, there was, like, one other really big song back then that I remember listening to a lot. But it just, it takes me back to, like, those times. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't actively seek that song out. And I am guilty of skipping that one a lot when it does come that's, on. That's... That's the same here nowadays. Back then, I probably didn't, but yeah. it's, you know, I, I don't hate it. I just, it, it's not my first choice. Yep. I agree. So what do you got for your number three? Yep. yep. Number three is another one that you're not going to know. <laughs> it's it's Bridge Burning by the Foo Fighters. It was off their Walking Light album. I'm so glad you prefaced this whole thing by saying, <laughs> like, your OCD kicks in. Yeah. And it's like, I get on one thing. Yeah, and... I did, man. And, like, <laughs> if I listened to anything else in this time, it was probably not on Spotify. It was probably <laughs> in my actual music library. Right. 
tracks where I already have all my pop punk stuff. So, so is is this song like you know fast paced rock? Yes. Or is this... Yes. Um, Do they write any slow songs? At yes. All? Sky is a neighborhood's kind of like in between. Uh-huh. It was kind of a it was a different vibe, but um, the other two so far: Long Road to Ruin, Bridge Burning. Bridge Burning is very um, that whole album. So that was another thing as I got big into. I found their documentaries on they're on Netflix at the time, mm-hmm. and The Walking Light. I think it was a whole documentary in and of itself. They got together at Dave's house and recorded the album at his house. They brought all their families over, and everybody just stayed there. And they would go record out in the studio in the like garage or whatever. And then they would all just stay in the house the rest of the time. All the families it was like a big party, which I thought was cool. That is cool. Um, That's why whenever you like mentioned that idea of like a beach house one summer or something, I yeah, I just thought that we all just get together and hang out and like we just write music on the side and have a good time. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. I agree. Um, That's one of the reasons I had that idea. The other one was just actually spending a week in a beach house. Is like that was freaking awesome, right? Even with all the drama going on when I was there, it was still fun time. So, yeah, I don't really have a lot of analysis on that song. It's another one that I'm surprised made the top five <laughs> because, as far as that album, I I think um, almost as Saint Estonia. That's a band. Uh, I can't think of the name of that song now. Uh, Rosemary was like off that same album, and I freaking love that one. Now, I have something like on this list. Mm-hmm. Th- I know 2020 more so than that year, probably, because we didn't really hang out a whole lot in 2019. Nope. But during that year, did you commute a lot to work, like a long way to work? Because I know you did in 2020. No. Well,. Okay, so I drove 21 miles to work and 21 miles back. So it was about a half-hour drive. And then whenever 2020 rolled around, I was driving like 35 miles. And it was yeah. like a 45-minute to an hour drive. Oh, okay. But either way, it was still I was in the car at least an hour a day, five days a week. Right, because that's what I started thinking, like, because all the food Fighter stuff. Like, if you got into it and then you just kind of, like, had that, you know, playlist going of all these songs and that's kind of how they got... Filled that time. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you that's how most of mine was during yeah. that time. So, I I had that and then... But I would also be really bad about, like, if there was a TV show going on, I would, like, have it planned. And, <laughs> you know, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, I don't really do that anymore. Um, or I used to have like the, when we get into the podcast thing, we do a podcast episode and I start talking about my probably favorite podcast. They put out a new episode every day, at least one, usually two or three every day. So it's like, I just use that as my catch up time when I was driving. Oh yeah. Like, so I knew my ex wife didn't want to hear any of that, so I just listened to it in the car on my way to and from work. Yeah, so, so that that's the thing, too. Since you mentioned the podcast stuff, and we're gonna, like you said, we're gonna do a list of that sometime in the future, but uh, like for this year in particular, 
I don't know how much music is really going to pop up with how many podcasts I listen to because right. that's most of what I listen to nowadays. Yep. I have a surprisingly good balance. I I go super podcast heavy for like a little while, but then I'll jump back in, into yeah. music. And really, it also depends on um, if I run out of content. Yeah. If I if I listen to all the newer stuff that the podcasts I like have already put out, and I don't have anything else to listen to, I'll go back to music. Right. That's my only thing. But as soon as new episodes are out, I'm like back to it. So. Yeah. Sometimes you got to give them. Like what I like to do is a lot of the podcasts I'm hooked on, I'll let them go for a few episodes and then I'll jump back in so I can binge listen mm-hmm. and then I'll take a break switch to another podcast or back to music yeah that's how I was because uh, I used to listen to the Chris Jericho podcast probably about the same time as this year it was probably 2019 oh yeah and um, I would go between this playlist and then I would listen to the like five or six episodes of the Chris Jericho podcast oh yeah um, but I was also late to the game with him so Right. He had already been podcasting for like two years before I even started. So that was a big back catalog to go through. But, so we're moving on to number two. Moving on to number two. Number two for me in 2019. This is uh, a same album that's already been on here. It's from uh, Drunk Dynasty. Mm. Bowling for Soup's cover of Hey Jealousy. That's a good one. It's a very good cover. And... Uh, I like the Jim Blossoms version of it. Yep. This song that year was really special to me because, like I said, it was some of the stuff I was going through that year. Yep. With uh, with a friend and you know, um, there, there's a certain line in the second verse that really spoke to me about the situation I was going through and just how relatable it was, and. Uh, yeah, that song just it, it hit home every yep. time it would come on. It even even today when I hear the song, I still go back to, to that point. to that point and that feeling. So that it was it was a pretty special song and uh, carries a lot of feelings still. Yeah, but it's a very good cover and uh, really emotional song. Yep, they do a lot of good covers. Um, I I can't really think of like a misstep on a Bowling for Soup cover so far? Uh, I can only think of one, and it's that Flock of Seagulls cover. Uh, I ran so far away. I, I hate that yeah. song, and the cover wasn't really... Different. Yeah, yeah. so that that's just one that's a miss, a rare miss. Yeah, that was also probably their first one that made it to, a, to any sort of a release, right? Yeah, probably. It was on... Uh, it was on Sorry for Partying? I think it was on uh, Drunk Enough to Dance. Yeah. Yeah. So, for those that are uninitiated with Bowling for Soup, that was the album that had Girl All the Bad Guys Want, right? Yeah. Yes. Same album. Yeah, so, that was the one that almost won them a Grammy. Yeah. That, that to me, that's the one that I always call their first album, even though it's not. But that was, that was the breakout. That was the breakout album that blew them up. Yeah. Um, and then the follow-up had 1985 on it, and that's the one that everybody knows. Yeah, because the big album before that was Let's Do It For Johnny, and the bitch song was like 
the big yes, song. Yes, and I I can't ever remember what album that one's off of because I always hear it from the greatest the songs people actually like. Yeah, so. yeah, it, that that album's so underrated, but I'll get into that at a different time because <laughs> I could talk all day about it. Right, right. So, uh, what what did you have as your number two? Number two, I'll be honest, I'm really not even sure what this song sounds like right now. I can't even place it, and it was the second most listened to song, apparently. It was Something From Nothing by the Foo Fighters, and it was off their album Sonic Highway. So I don't really have a lot of analysis on this particular song, because it escapes me at the moment. Right. But Sonic Highway was an excellent album. It was an album where they actually went to different cities and states for every song that they did. And they tried to bring a little bit of that city's stylistic culture into that particular song. It's like they went to Seattle and they took elements of like grunge that Seattle was known for and put it into whatever song that was. And it was like a whole Sonic Highway was actually they made like a whole like it was a TV series. It had like every episode was each song, and they would talk about it and what influenced them. And I think Joe Walsh was involved in one of them. Oh, really? So me being a big Joe Walsh fan, I haven't got to watch the series because I didn't want to pay for it. And I guess right. I guess now I'm gonna probably end up paying for it if I <laughs> if I think about it again. I mean that that's a cool concept though. Yeah. That that's fucking cool. Yep. And uh I don't remember what order their albums come out in, but it was I it was one of the later ones, like I think it was before 2011, but it was probably after all the huge radio success that everybody knows. Yeah. So we're probably going to leave it at that one and we're going to get into number 1. Number 1. Um this one, I I listen to it a lot, kind of because everybody hated on it so bad. I'm one of those kind of people. When when it came out, and like if if everybody hates something, I generally gravitate towards it. Yep. But my number one for that year was "Blame It on My Youth" by Blink One Eighty Two from the Nine album. Like oh yes, when it came out, it got so much backlash and so much hate. That and whole album got so much hate. It really did. I but liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I didn't like it as much as I like California. Yeah, which everybody hated on that one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. But I remember when that song specifically come out, everybody ripped on it. Everybody hated it. Mm. And it was funny because Jared Riddick actually come in and like defended it like you can look back and find the tweet about it but uh it's actually a pretty good song i i like it i still listen to it to this day it'll get sprinkled in the mix from time to time right but uh that that's kind of why it ended up taking my number one spots because it was one everybody hated yeah and, you know, I just gravitate towards that. I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I'll admit I haven't listened to Nine very much mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. Um, but they definitely had some good songs on there. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it deserved as much hate. I think I didn't enjoy it much because as much as California because they were trying to be a little more serious and darker. And yeah. I just, I like the 
the poppiness that they had for California. It was oh, just yeah. really good. So, what do you got is your number one? Number one is Times Like These by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> this one I've actually heard. <laughs> uh, all five of them, you've only heard that one. And that was off the One by One um, album, which wasn't even the biggest song off of One by One. I'm pretty sure the biggest song on that album was All My Life. Oh, I'm not a fan of that song. I freaking love it now. I didn't like it at first. Like, I don't hate it. It's just, it's not my go-to. But times like these, like... It's a good one. They they played that all the time at the casino when I went there. Like, they played a lot of Foo Fighters. Yeah. Like, a lot. Well, they in one of their documentaries, they were talking about how they were getting invited to play all these big, like music award stuff all the time oh. and they're like they were starting to think it's like do they think we're the only rock band around now they're like because they were getting invited like it was always them featured on everything yeah and like is it because they think we're that good or are they just like oh we need an alternative rock band who yeah. is there oh let's get the food fighters and like they were kind of Honestly, you think about it, the Foo Fighters are kind of one of the last actual rock bands. Yeah. Like, if you really... Because everybody's got that, like, sub-genre thing tied Mm -hmm. to them. But if you listen to the Foo Fighters, there's elements of, like, you know, grunge or classic rock. Or, you know, I pick up a lot of classic rock vibes from the stuff that Grohl writes. They just... He just takes classic rock and makes it heavier. Yeah. And like yeah which to me that's a lot of what alternative rock was yeah or new rock or whatever they want to call it like you said subgenres but yeah but yeah um they are like the most well-rounded rock band yeah of that generation i i've literally for years considered them like the last real rock, rock band. band yeah everybody else is more either pop rock or like pop punk yeah everybody else is kind of influenced by you know the times changing and everything like uh like green day like green day they'll stray away from you know who they are for you know lack of a better term right like um what was what was their last album called (laughs) the last album i listened to was revolution radio and I know they've put out at least one or two since then. Yeah, I think that's the one since then. Like, it was just... They, they try me. to change so much, and it just does not work for me. And it's like Foo Fighters have stuck to their guns through the years. Yeah. They make, like, little tweaks. They don't change. They grow. Yeah. Like, it's the same style... But just, they still find new things to do with it. Basically, for me, it's like, when a Foo Fighters song comes on, you know, oh, that's the Foo Fighters. Yep. Whereas, you know, I'm sticking with Green Day here. You know, you hear older Green Day, and then you hear that, what, Father Time, whatever the heck it was that came out a few years ago. (laughs) And it's just like... Who is this? Who the hell is this? Like, the singer sounds like Billy Joel. I didn't know Billy Joel had a new band. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what? Yeah. But anyway, that's... 
I've always kind of considered them the last real rock band. I agree with that. So before we move into 2020, do you want to take a guess at what my what I know my most listened to Foo Fighters song was back then, and still is to this day? It's the if I seek one out, it's the first one I listen to. Pretender. Yes. That, That's a good that one. freaking pretty guitar intro, and then just slamming them double time yeah. drums and just man, that song That's a great goes song. so hard. <laughs> so it, it brings the thunder, man. Yeah. It does. And then Monkey Wrench is a, another shout. I didn't listen to it. I listened to it equal to everything else. But yeah. I, I started, every time I got in the car and started that playlist, I started with a Pretender. Yeah. Every time. So I know it had to be my most listened to. I don't know how I did make that list. It's a, it's a great song. Yeah. So we're going to get into 2020. 2020. And... This year, um, was this your YouTube year? No, 2021 was my YouTube year. Oh, okay. So 2020 was the year me and you kind of reconnected musically and yes. started doing stuff because it was also the year that me and my ex-wife had split up. Yeah. And um, this one is gonna is actually a little more balanced. It's all top five or pop punk. Oh, yeah. So I could tell part of that's influenced just from me and you starting to talk again and hang out. And then the actual songs are just accurate to the time. Yeah. The, the actual year that uh, Don't Write Back formed. Yes, like, yes. Where we actually started like started, writing songs and recording stuff yep, and ideas. And came up with the actual name and, and all of it. It, was, it started here. Yeah, very influential year for... Three of my top five tracks were released in 2020. Oh, yeah. So, um, this is when I discovered what daily mixes were on Spotify. So, they started sending me new stuff all the time. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so yeah, let's let's get into it. I'll start with number five, and then we'll go to you. Okay. So number five was from Tickets to My Downfall, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> yes. I spent six months getting Boomer to finally listen to that album, and then he now it's one of his favorite albums of all time. of all time. <laughs> all time. He told me like definitely top five of all time, and I was like, okay. I I mean, I told you you would love it, but. So it was Drunk Face, which was probably my favorite song off of that album. Very good song. Uh, just real catchy lyrics, really like had a good hook. The trap beat was was awesome. Was 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 this the year? Was this the first album he collaborated with uh, Travis? Travis yes. on okay. This was this was the one. Before that, he was just kind of a rapper, right? Yes, okay. he. Just did rap. I think he had some like, I think there were some like videos of him doing some like pop punk stuff. Yeah. But like for this album, he didn't he didn't know how to play guitar before they did mm -hmm. this album. He like, I guess when the pandemic hit, he just locked himself in his room and just stayed in there until he knew how to play. So yeah. That's how they that's how they talked in their interview about it. So like literally. He's a novice beginner guitar player and wrote one of the most influential albums of my lifetime. 
honestly kind of revived the uh, pop punk scene too. He did. A lot of people hate hate that, but I'm just like, whatever puts eyes on our genre in a positive way. Exactly. I'm all for it. I don't care who did it. I was not a Machine Gun Kelly fan before that album. Right. And I still don't know how I feel about him as a human being. Like, but I, I mean, I love him as an artist now. Yeah. I even listen to some of his rap stuff, which is not my bag, but, and I like it. So. Not bad stuff. Not uh, bad. I will say one thing that I really like about the guy is his signature Schechter. Yeah. It's sweet. Oh, it is. I want one of those. I do too. <laughs> I want one so bad. So, uh, let's start off with what's your number five? What you got? Okay, so much like you in 2019, this year had a theme. <laughs> what's that theme? Well, <laughs> my number five for uh, 2020, this was a new album. Okay. And I got very into it. Is it Newfound Glory? It is Newfound Glory. God, I knew it. It's birthday song, but not really. I don't even know what song that is. What album was that? It's from uh, for uh, which one was it? Forever Times Infinity, Forever and Ever Times oh, Infinity. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's the one where the chorus is like, uh, "Every day you make me feel like it's my birthday." Um, it, it's towards the end of the album. Okay. It's um, that year. I'd always been into Newfound Glory, or, or had been for a while, and then they released that album, and it just how heavy the guitars are in that album. I love that, and that influenced like the guitar tone that I try to go for. Yeah. In our stuff. Yeah. Like the way Chad comes up with his guitar tones and his like melodies and stuff on the guitar. That's what I tried to emulate from yeah. time to time. I I love the the attack and the harshness of the guitar. Um because like me, I'm very like smooth and soft yeah. when I play guitar a lot of times. And like you always have the attack and the the harshness like they do, and it's it's always sick. Yeah, I mean it, it's a good mesh. Yeah, because you know they you, contrast, but they don't they don't clash. They yeah. they mesh. So that's and that's what you want. It just adds a new layer to to the song. Oh yeah. So yeah. so that that album and the way that you know Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory. The way that he plays and writes and, you know, that that's a big inspiration for the stuff I've tried to do. Yep. I I like it. So what, uh, we're number, number four? four? four yeah. yeah, so I'm not going to elaborate too much on this. There's not a lot of substance to this song. It's... it's title track from Tickets to My Downfall. <laughs> so, and it's the last Machine Gun Kelly one on my top five. So they were at four and five. But um, title track is basically the title of it's Tickets to My Downfall. That's what he's meaning by it. But I will say it's probably my favorite album intro 
like intro song to an album that was not Blink-182. Yeah. It's like, and Travis is on it, so that's kind of cheating. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just the little plucky guitar at the beginning, you know, real soft, and he's doing his little melody and, and everything, and then just Travis just kills it on the yeah. on the drums going into that chorus. It's just gets me pumped even now i don't listen to that album very much but when i do song still gets me pumped every time it comes on heard it the other day oh yeah i was ready to go you know i can't remember who it is because i want to credit whoever it is for kind of opening my eyes to this but for the life of me i can't remember right now but um i had watched a uh youtube clip and i follow certain people um music wise and this guy he he produces music and everything i can't remember who it is. it's not glenn obviously yeah the, the, we would this, know glenn yeah. um this guy he was talking about um pop punk music and the way that you know blink 22 writes their songs oh and yeah one thing that i had never thought of until he said it was that travis barker is the driving force of that band like if you take the specific you know nuances and the way he plays the drums out of the songs these songs are completely different yep like i wish you, i could think of his name i know who you're talking about yeah um i i can't a, remember who it is but he's one that i follow he's a big time dude too like a lot of people follow him um because i think if it's the one i'm thinking of he did a breakdown of like all the small things and how it's like yeah a much more there's much more to that song than it seems. Yeah. Because uh, if you strip out Travis's drum tracks from these songs, you realize how basic yep. everything else is. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as a slight to, you know, Tom or yeah. Mark or... And really, like, Tom doesn't even play... Or Mark doesn't even play basic bass stuff. He plays a lot of chords on bass, which isn't yeah. a super popular thing. But it's just, like, progressions and... yeah. And the rhythms are all pretty common most of the time. They don't do anything like super fancy. The the one cool thing, like I mean, they do a lot of cool shit. But the the coolest thing that I think that the guys in Blink do, you know, namely Mark and Tom. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's his face? Not quite so much. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forget his name from time to time. Fair enough. But. Um, the one cool thing that they do, and I watched this in a video recently, is you you talked about the bass part. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's cool because he'll do all these, like, different harmonics and type stuff on bass. Like, he'll play these chords, and then he'll play, like, an octave of those chords with those chords on the recording. So yeah. it gives it this really weird feel, like a different sound. And then Tom will do, like, the same thing on the guitars like he'll be playing you know the power chords here and then he'll overlay almost like clean octaves down here mm-hmm. and you know it all sounds pretty when it's all together. fills up all that space yeah yeah and i was watching that and i was like you know taking notes is like that's cool yeah i might have to try some of that out yeah so we're on to number are you on you're on number four i'm now. on number four what we got uh number four this song I fell in love with when I uh, used to work off on the road back in like 2013. Um, 
I was really into uh, just not pop punk so much, but just punk. Like, oh yeah. Like um, I have I have a cover of this song on my uh, on my YouTube page, and it's actually my most watched video. And this is uh, Soulmate by No Use for a Name. And uh, you know. There's there's two different versions of this song. There's the original version, which is it's punk, it's fast, mm-hmm. it's in your face, it's loud, and I love it. And then um, Tony, the singer who passed away, yeah. he uh, Tony Sly, he did a uh, acoustic like stripped down version of it, and it sounds even better than the 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 full production. Yeah. And I don't know, I just, I love this song to this day. I, I'll still, when I pull out the acoustic, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know, man, it's just a great song. I, I like a lot of No Use for a Name stuff, the way that, you know, Tony Sly wrote those songs. And just, much like, you know, the pop punk genre, he will write these songs with just lyrics that are utterly depressing. Mm-hmm. But he'll play them so upbeat and disguise it, yeah. And you, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell. It hooks you in, and then you actually start listening to what they're saying, and yeah, see a whole different meaning. Exactly. the The best uh, pop reference I could use for people that don't listen to our genre would be um, "Pumped Up Kicks" by Foster the People. Yeah, it's got such like upbeat little melody to it and everybody's like all happy this sounds awesome and then you listen to the lyrics like what the hell are they talking about right so like yeah that's a good analogy i guess i I can't remember who covered it It might have been as odd as it sounded i think it might have been system of a down you can find it on youtube but they did a cover of damn it by blink and they did it stripped down acoustic Mm mm-hmm and you don't know how depressing that song actually is until you hear them play it and you focus on the lyrics and it's like song about a breakup. Yeah. Well, we'll get into this a little bit on the next list, but a certain musician that I like a lot, he did a stripped down acoustic version of, of that same song. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's just like you don't realize how you know, how these songs are like written and how they're structured, where they come from, because they'll mask them with, you know, intensity upbeat, and upbeat. Yep. yep. That's definitely true. Yeah. So what do you have for your number three? Number three, we're going to start sharing a band here. Oh, yeah? It's Newfound Glory. <laughs> it is Vicious Love featuring Haley Williams. I love that song. Off the Resurrection. Yes. Great album, Ascension great album. song. So, um, yeah. A, so, a I, song that I like to try to sing along to in the car, but when it gets to the chorus, they get way too high. For way, me. Too, way too high for me, too. Yeah, for sure. It's a um, That was actually a song that you turned me on to when we started jamming because you used to just play that guitar lick. It's a fun lick to play. It is. It sounds badass. And I would love for us to cover it, but it's just so hard to sing. Yeah. We'd have to, we'd have to do something completely different. I just don't know what, but, uh, that is an awesome song. It Um, really is. What I, 
when I discovered that one, like, you know, I'd been following Newfound Glory and, you know, had their notification stuff set. But um, when I saw that music video, yep. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this for is sure. Awesome. But yeah, no, the uh, the riffs in that song is what turned me on to it. Because right, right from the intro, yep. you're just hit with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's badass. It, so awesome. If any of you have not listened to it, listen to it. It's yeah. it's an excellent song. Vicious Love, Newfound Glory. Check it out for yeah. sure. Definitely. So, like, I I don't know. Whenever whenever I think of songs and and riffs and stuff that I want to write, that's I always want to write something like that. Like, yeah, something that stands out intense right off the bat yeah see i think me as a singer songwriter i tend to do i I tend to try to think of melody first and Mm -hmm. very like i don't know i don't write a lot of like crazy intense riffs sadly yeah i wish i was a riff machine but i think that's why we mesh so well together because you are a riff machine you come up with all kinds of cool riffs and uh, I can build melodies and back up guitar parts around it. And yeah, that see, that's what I'm jealous of. Is like one, you're an excellent like you, you're great at lead stuff, but especially the rhythm stuff. Yeah, it's awesome that you do. And then the way you can write these songs and stuff, like you know, I, I I've written a couple of songs for us, but yeah. nowhere you know up to where you've written. I'll be honest, um, Oblivion is actually one of my favorite, like, lyrical songs we have. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And that was one of, one of yours. I, I love, uh, when people get to hear beer once we finally do that one. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, like, for the Bowling for Soup lovers, they're gonna that's, love it. Yeah, that's straight Bowling for Soup inspired. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'm just I'm so ready I'm so ready for it this, the new album's gonna be so much fun I'm it is so I was just, I want to get started I'm so ready for it I, I love that you you worked on uh, my girl today yeah and you got some drum tracks kind of primed for it so that's uh yeah I'm, I'm ready to because I want like a new demo of that yeah to to go off of it's uh, funny just the the way that you had the drum set up now in the way that you were playing the rhythm, it, it I, I already started hearing like different lead parts that I could add to. So you might you might tweak a little bit. I might tweak a few because I'm not. I was never really set on the uh, lead, like the rhythm or not the rhythm, the uh, the uh, solo part that I re- yeah. wrote like that. I think I'll leave that. You know what I mean? It's it, it works, but as far as the uh, little intro part that i did and the you know coming out of the uh coming out of the first chorus mm-hmm. re- redo that i think i'd come up with something a lot better cool well, i'm excited to see what comes out of that so we're gonna let's move along to your number three of 2020 2020 my number three was race cars by alistair Ooh, good shout I don't recognize the song title, but I love Alistair. They're good. They're they're really good. Very uh, early two thousands pop punk. Yep. And uh, that I mean, 
I know it it may sound outdated to some people, but that's like if you can sound like early two thousands pop punk, that's my sweet spot. Like, yep. I love it. I eat that shit up. Literally yellow card just came back and played for fifty thousand people. And like that's it's like anybody that comes over to a house party, like when I used to throw house parties, uh-huh. they would uh I'd be playing music, and they'd be like, "Oh man, way to take me back to 2007." <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. I never left. <laughs> you know, <laughs> musically, I've been there this whole time because to yeah. me, that is the the pinnacle of our genre is the early mid 2000s. Yeah, pop punk. Like from say like 99 to 2010, 2011ish. Yep. Like, yeah. that's, that's my sweet spot for, like, pop punk. Yep. I mean, I like a lot of the new stuff. I love Midwest emo, actually. Oh, yeah. But I, mean, I just, yeah. that Like you said, sweet spot. It's got the nostalgia in it, too, which it probably plays a factor. But, yeah. But still, yeah. Absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, the newer pop punk music. I mean, obviously, like, State Champs is, like, Big my, my favorite band of, the new like modern age yep. pop punk scene. Mine's probably neck deep. Neck deep. I like them a lot too. They'd be similar. They'd be up there, and you know, it, it it's great music, but there's just there's something about that really early two thousands vibe and sound that it's got that, more. It takes me back. See, I think I think the early two thousand stuff actually has a a little bit more pop to it. Yeah, that is why. It feels more summertime, more right party vibe, more fun. Yeah. Um, all the a lot of the newer stuff has got a little a touch more emo. That's true. It's, the the lyrics are deeper. Um, some of the guitar work is just a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more serious, maybe. Yeah. So it's just a vibe. It's a vibe. It's all a vibe. Um, I go through phases where I just love to listen to the new the new pop punk stuff like. Yeah, I got to get it in there because it's like, uh, I don't want to burn out completely where I hate the early 2000s pop mm-hmm. punk music. So I, I give a lot of these newer bands a chance. And, uh, you know, like I, like I said, State Champs, they're like my number one of the new bands. Yeah. And they, they collab with like so many of the old school guys. And that's kind of what makes me really like them even more. Them. Yep. Because you know they've hooked you up still get a touch of and... still get a touch of what you what you love yeah but with a new a new flavor to it exactly so it's cool so uh, you're number two number two some kind of disaster by all time low dude I like this song yes I like this song a lot wake up sunshine was such a great album i actually fell off of all time low at this point before this album came out mm-hmm. um they was the album before it was last young renegade i believe mm-hmm. did not like it hated it really it was completely different than every other all time low album yeah. it was a hard change of their style and uh i just I just fell off. I was like, meh, I'll still listen to, what was it, Future Hearts, I think, came out right before that Is one. Is that the one you got tattooed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that album. So, but, I was like, they did stuff with Good Charlotte on that album. 
yeah, the that, Madden brothers. That was one of the ones yeah. that, yeah. So, I was just like, I fell off. I, I only listened to their older stuff. I didn't like Future Hearts. Or, I mean, I, I love Future Hearts. I didn't like Last Gen Renegade. And that summer, before this album came out, when I heard they were making a new album that was going to release, I I gave Last Gen Renegade another chance. And I actually liked it. Yeah. I was like, awesome. You know, I was like, I was just being a hater. This stuff's actually pretty cool. And then I heard an interview, and they're like, yeah, we appreciate all the fans that stuck with us. Like, we know this album wasn't like like any of the others. It was different. Um, they're like, we wanted to try something new stylistically. Right. And they're like, but the new album is going more back towards our roots and towards the stuff that people love us for. So thanks for letting us try something creative that we wanted to do. And now we're going to still be like, what you all know and love right and that was wake up sunshine and some kind of disaster was the first single off of it mm-hmm. and the first time i heard it didn't know how i felt about it yeah and then it just grew on me and that guitar riff is just that was such a fun album i actually sat there and learned how to play most of the songs off that album because it just has so many fun riffs yeah a lot of weird tunings though i struggled with some of it but some kind of disaster hit hard i bought it on rock band 4 so i played it all the time so a lot of fun a lot of fun i i like that album it's it's different but it's really well-rounded i mean yep. like you know for for years i know you loved all time low for years and for me they were just always the uh dear maria band you yep. know what i mean like Fair it, enough. it was that style of music for me and i was like okay and then whenever i first heard it much like you, I was kind of like, I don't really know how I feel about this because they're doing something so different from what they were doing, but they've taken it and they've made it work. Yeah. You know, it, it works so well. When we saw them, uh, we saw them live. Um, a, few months, a few months ago. A few months ago. Yeah. Was it last year? I can't remember. But, um, <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> time just kind of flies. Yeah. But um, they played a lot of the, the newer stuff, and I was mm. like, this sounds great live like i don't know what it is on the album it sounds so much different and then live it just hits hard yeah a lot of bands are like that it hits harder live but like yeah their their newer stuff is so good that album was so good um i said it it very much encapsulates how i felt about the summer that year it was a very summertime feel for me I don't. Um, I don't know if any of the or any other songs from that album gonna pop up on your on list, this list. This no. Okay. Sleeping in is my favorite. Is that the uh, listen to Britney? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite. That was my jam. I listened to that so much. <laughs> yeah, mine was my favorite was Melancholy Kaleidoscope. I love that one too. But that, that was, was just the guitar one. riff. Was yeah. Just so insane and that was the one that was in a weird tuning I, yeah yeah i wanted to play it i just couldn't figure out how to i couldn't figure out how they were doing it to where it was easy <laughs> it's like maybe they're just way better <laughs> all right so you're number two my number two um <laughs> this is one you and i actually discussed earlier when i showed you a new song that i've been working on oh yes this is hit or miss by newfound glory hit or miss yeah 
Um, Sticks and Stones. I think it was the uh, self-titled. Self-titled. Maybe. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, just self-titled, I think. So um, that one, yet again, early 2000s pop punk. Um, you know, the American Pie type stuff you'd hear. Yep. And that's, like I said, that's my sweet spot. I, that was one of uh, one of the first songs that got me into Newfound Glory. Like, it, it just, it hits hard. And that's another one of those songs where it's kind of almost depressing lyrics masked by rock and... Super intense guitars. Yeah. So the song that got me into them was... Uh, Nothing like anything else that they do. I think I know which one it is. <laughs> we take a stab at it. Kiss me. No, but that was the second song. <laughs> it was Kiss Me, which is an excellent cover, and the other one was It's Not Your Fault. It's not your fault. That's a very it's an very good excellent song, song but yes. it's stylistically so different than that, the other stuff. Yeah, that was them trying to get away from the like early two thousand sound into that more progressive like. Yeah. later 2000s-ish. I probably heard Newfound Glory for the first time in 2000, that I knew it was them. It's probably 2009. Oh, yeah. That's when I was in college. And it was it was that song, and it was Kiss Me. Those were the only songs I knew. And we talked time. about Bowling for Soup earlier, doing really good covers. Newfound yeah. Glory has perfected the uh, art of yes. covers. Yes. That... Uh, the power of love the Huey Lewis and the news yeah, cards from so, Back to the Future yeah. so so good so good <laughs> that one's that's actually my favorite cover that they've done I think that's my favorite cover that they've done too it, I played badass. it for Gene at work because uh, he grew up on like Huey Lewis and all those bands and he's like hey, this is actually really good and I was like I know yeah I was like these guys are like almost the kings of, of cover songs yeah until we get into my 2021 playlist <laughs> I'll get to the real king to cover songs. <laughs> right? Uh, so what did you have as your number two? Or number, or one. number one. I'm no, yeah, so number one is Newfound Glory. <laughs> and it's off the Sticks and Stones album. Oh, yeah? We played it earlier tonight in our set. It's my friends over you. That is, uh, I, I mean, if you're going to get into Newfound Glory... That's not a, not a better song to start with. It's literally like that's their number one song. I'm pretty sure if you looked them up on YouTube, that would be the first thing that pops yeah, up. Yeah, top like click. That's, that's probably their biggest hit. Mm-hmm. And music video is great. Yeah, very early 2000s. Yeah, Looks as, party scene like in too deep by some 41. <laughs> like. As reference, like uh, Cyrus the drummer. In, like, the first scene, he's playing with a PlayStation 2. <laughs> Heck yeah. Like... Right after they came out. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I'm not going to elaborate too much into that, but we, like, love the post-hardcore stuff, and they were yeah. kind of at the forefront of all that. That song goes hard. Just it gets you hyped about those those bitch exes you had you know? exactly and if we you know when when we eventually get to a point where we play shows and you know stuff that'd probably be our closer most likely yeah yeah um that or like if we're a headlining show it'll make an, an encore for sure um 
Because, I mean, that, that's one of our favorites to play. Yeah. Yeah, that one. And surprisingly enough, as much as I hate on it, Ocean Avenue is probably the other favorite one to play. <laughs> yeah. uh, that one goes hard. Yes. And we, we can rock that and not even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Second nature, basically. Hadn't played it in months, and it was still <laughs> sounded fine. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hit number one. I'm excited to get into uh, our 2021 list. I'll try to keep it a little shorter for time, but. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to go through it, though. It's a, it's <laughs> my number one for uh, 2020, also Newfound Glory. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the year, like I said, for uh, forever and ever, times infinity. Came yes. out that year. And uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for the uh, sappy, sad songs. Mm-hmm. So it was Slipping Away was my uh, number one. Wow. And that was, you know, a sadder song kind of towards the end of the album. Really good song. You want to know what my favorite Newfound Glory song is? What's that? That nobody would really think the greatest of all time. Oh, really? I think that's what it's called anyway. It's my favorite song. I'm not even sure if the that's the title. The Jordan, Jordan Rodden and Pippen. Yeah. Putting them down when I hit them. That was like one of my favorite songs by them. It's a great song. It just, yeah. That whole album, I love, and I, I kind of, I don't know how it didn't make the list, but let me, let me check my other list to make sure it's not in the top. Okay, it didn't. So, uh, scarier than Jason Voorhees at a campfire. That's like. My favorite song that one, from that, that album. That's also really good. Yeah, that was that's my favorite from that album. 